1: My name is Tara Sloan and this is my brand new podcast on the Sharks Audio Network called The Undercurrent. I am so excited for this brand new venture. Listen, I don't assume all of you or any of you know who the heck I am. So let me just give you a little bit of introduction here. Some of you in the world of sports might know of me from my time on Canadian television hosting the shows Rogers Hometown Hockey and Top of Her Game. If you're a music fan, you might have heard of my band Joy Drop from a million years ago. Also a million years ago, I was on a reality show called Rockstar in Excess. Feels like a different lifetime. Um, Basically, I've done a million different things, and I want to do a million different more things. And this is my next project. Sometimes life takes unexpected turns. I have started a brand new chapter in my life. I have moved about 4,300 kilometers Yes, it is. Kilometers, not kilometers. Yeah. Um, But I guess I better say 2,600 miles from Toronto to just outside San Jose, California. Yeah. So I've got some brand new projects going with the San Jose Sharks, including this podcast you're about to listen to right now. So what's the undercurrent going to be about, you may ask? Well, my great passions are people and storytelling. So we're going to feature great people who are making a difference in and around the world of hockey and sport in general, sometimes in the Bay Area, sometimes not. Basically, if we think there's someone you should meet, we're going to make the introduction. And by the way, if there's someone you think we should meet, you should let us know too. This is all about shining a light on the people who are making sport a welcoming and inclusive place, you know, people who are changing the game. And that brings us to today's guest. On this episode, I chat with a woman who's got not one rad job, but she's got two. Amelia Schimmel is the PA announcer for both the Oakland A's baseball team and was brought on this season as the PA announcer for the San Jose Barracuda, the Sharks AHL affiliate. And what's so interesting to me about Amelia is that being the voice of a team or teams was really not exactly where she saw herself headed in her career. But as you'll hear, it is exactly where she belongs. For Amelia, the sky's the limit. Hope you like the show. Well, Amelia, I am sorry we're not meeting in person for a couple of reasons. One is I think you're awesome and interesting, and I think we'd have a lot of fun hanging out. But the second one is I've been scrolling through your Twitter and I see that you rock the best snacks. And I'm wondering, you have a whole snack of the day thing
0: going and I'm wondering where that comes from. I just love snacks. I love eating. First of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I hope that we get to meet in person soon. Um, And and I would be happy to share some snacks with you. It's, It's kind of something that started as like, I'm always kind of snacking on something, especially in between batters at A's games and stuff. So I thought maybe I'd find something local or weird or something like near the Coliseum or near SAP center that people can find and kind of, we can share in the the review making for snack of the game. So I carry that both from baseball to hockey and it's fun. And as long as I can try to find something somewhat helpful once in a while.
1: Have you um, discovered anything that is not good for your voice?
0: actually so it's interesting someone told me actually a voice coach told me that eating green apples Mm. is good because it you know kind of cuts through the whole cotton mouth concept right when you're talking a lot and you get really dry um so that was helpful so green apple i i love produce and fruit in general so i'm happy to eat fruit whatever but some of the spicy or kind of i've been told not to eat uh drink coffee which is fine because i don't drink coffee anyway Mm. Um stuff like that is kind of not the best right before you call an entire game but obviously you know drinking water and not having too many salty foods is helpful too but I honestly I don't listen to any of that I just I just eat whatever tastes good so I, I want to get
1: into, candy. I want to get into more of your sort of uh, pre-game rituals uh, in a little bit but I, I'll also add that I have I'm I'm a singer and uh, one of my voice coaches also suggested apples mm-hmm. honey crisp was her varietal oh, of choice yeah, but yeah. I, I think any apple will, will kind of do um, yeah okay so I want to sort of start from the beginning because your journey is so interesting to me and and I love when People end up in places they don't expect. Um, right. In one sense, everything makes sense. You grew up a, a baseball fan. So you're a California girl and you grew up an A's fan. But just mm-hmm. sort of take me through the the route of you playing and uh, your fandom.
0: Yeah, I mean, you put it perfectly. It's a place that I didn't expect to end up. It's not something that I would say I was not prepared for because my entire journey to this point was about learning sports the background of sports production side writing scripts but i never thought that i was going to be the person on the microphone so i grew up an ace fan and a sharks fan have sharing season tickets to both going with my family those were some of my fondest memories i mean i basically grew up in the coliseum and grew up cow palace believe Mm -hmm. it or not and then um the shark tank and Watching those games, hearing Danny Miller on the PA mic growing up and hearing Dick Callahan and Roy Steele, I never thought that I was going to be in their chair. Um, In my wildest dreams, I didn't think that was going to happen. And so in a sense, it is a dream job, but Mm -hmm. it's also one that I never kind of said, hey, I want to be either doing voiceovers or or being a PA or um, even being on camera. Doing, right. doing what we're doing right now, <laughs> I never thought I was afraid of public speaking, you know? Wow, um, but I, I, really? I, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, giving a presentation in high school, I was sweating, I was nervous. I um, I was always a talker, so it <laughs> wasn't a problem doing that, but um, it was more so just kind of being the center of attention was, mm. was something that made me nervous. And the thing is, I love the energy of the stadium, of the Coliseum and of the arena and i was a part of that energy and i was a fan cheering really really loudly and so transferring that energy over to my pa work was pretty easy but it's also about knowing the moment knowing the pacing getting all the pronunciations right um you know it, it, saving your energy for a bases loaded at bat in the 8th inning as opposed to blowing it out in the 3rd inning when the score is you know nothing nothing um knowing when to scream shark School" really, really loudly because we just <laughs> tied it up, something like that, or barracuda goal. Um, all of that I learned through my process um, of being a fan growing up, um, going to college with a little bit of a focus on sports and journalism, and then working at MLB Network for about eight years. And to, to cu- kind of make a long story short, all of that behind-the-scenes work mm-hmm. that I did at MLB Network and NHL Network really helped me now doing something that I never thought I'd be able to do.
1: It's like the ultimate observer position, right? I mean, producers right. like I, I think um, it, it is like such an underappreciated role. I mean, you know, like people on air get a, a, a lot of flowers, right? But
0: you don't realize <laughs> yeah. how much help yeah. you
1: get behind the scenes and how much attention to detail you have to have. And so you must have had this view of like just absolutely watching, yeah and learning everything.
0: Right. It's, you don't get to take a lot of the credit, you know, and I used to work with some really amazing people and Matt Vaskersian and Lauren Shahadi, who we would, we would have all the ideas together. I would even write some of the scripts and then they would deliver the words and the way they delivered them made me really proud, but you're behind the scenes. So I was okay with not taking a lot of that credit and, you know, obviously they're the performers. Um, but now I write my own words and I say my own words, which is really, really interesting. So um, yeah, it, you said it well, I think it was, it's the behind the scenes of the production work that that makes you have an appreciation for everything that happens in a game. It's right, it's like you're in, a, in an orchestra, and if one instrument is off, then everything mm. gets noticed and everything goes wrong. But if everything's playing harmoniously in sync, then nobody realizes just how great the experience is, and they go home thinking, wow, I had a great time at that game. So it's about making sure everything goes smoothly.
1: Okay, but we, we had this conversation actually before we started rolling, you know, a lot of people's lives changed during the pandemic. I would almost mm-hmm. venture to say everybody's lives changed yeah. to some extent in, in many different ways. Um, tons of negatives, but lots of uh, opportunities changed and shifted and for you, this job arose during that time. So take us through that, what happened?
0: Yeah, you know, it was a silver lining, obviously the pandemic was awful. It was awful for everyone. We did. We had a whole a whole year without fans, um, and the fans are everything. And so, as my role as a uh, as executive producer in 2020 kind of shifted, uh, it shifted because in 2020 we wanted to be very very COVID conscious. And Dick Callahan, our then PA announcer, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that he that everything was safe for him. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, and he and I agreed this is 30 home games with no fans. The role has really shifted. You're not announcing to fans right now. Uh, and he said, you know what? Yeah, for safety's sake, let's let's take this year off. And um, there were, you know, very few of us actually in the control room, just enough people to kind of make sure everything was safe and and went on as scheduled and made the players feel like everything was normal because the players were there and they needed the energy, but the fans were not. So... I stepped in in that season just filling in for him and he was calling me repeatedly giving me great feedback wow. telling me to slow down telling me to be less nervous telling me I sounded great telling me when there was something I needed to work on he was just wonderful um and I said you know what your job's here for you when you get back and the you know that's just the saddest thing um he we didn't realize that he was sick uh otherwise and in, in, in January of 2021 he passed away and it was not you know not COVID related and we didn't know what to do next. I, I, candidly, I was going forward with a list of people that could potentially, um, you know, go forward with the role. And the A's said, you did a fantastic job and we want you to keep doing it. And it was just, ah, I mean, bittersweet, obviously, because I just losing him was just, he was such a wonderful person, but also this career shift that I never expected would happen. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, this is the fork in the road that I'm going to take. Um, and, how unbelievable of a dream to be able to do this no matter the circumstances. So yeah, it was definitely a silver lining of the pandemic and also being able to gradually ease in with no fans and then have fans was very helpful in order to kind of hone the craft. So.
1: I should backtrack and say by this time you were, were working with the A's. So for the past you yes, know, five years, yeah. so you're working with the club. Right. Um, okay. Going from, You know, I mean, you're a a newcomer, a relative beginner. Uh, You go from no fans. The first day with fans, do you remember it?
0: I remember it so vividly. I mean, it was opening day 2021 and we were still there were still a lot of protocols in place. So we weren't we weren't able to have our full capacity. But my gosh, I was. I I think more excited than nervous. Opening day 2020, I was more nervous because it was something Mm -hmm. I had never done before. And I remember my hand shaking when I pressed the button for the microphone. Um, In 2021, I I heard the buzz of the crowd. I felt how the excitement of being back, like baseball truly being back. And I was almost one of those fans as well too, you know, kind of feeling like, oh my God, like I can smell the hot dogs again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was so... Uh, it was so unbelievably wonderful, and like one of my fondest memories of of doing PA work so far.
1: Did it occur to you initially that you were joining a very small group? I know you became the third woman uh, mm-hmm. to At be a time, PA yeah. announcer for a major league baseball team. I think now there are four. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, just joined the Baltimore Orioles, right? Um, you know that's a, that's a very small elite, um, but also you know outnumbered group of of yeah. women.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I um, at the time there were three of us, and then Adrian at the Orioles joined in, and we have four. We actually have a text chain going. We call it the Fab Four. Yeah, um, we text each other with advice. We just check in, see how we're doing. If our teams play each other, we. You know, we talk about it. Um, Renelle at the Giants, she was wonderful. Um, Just reaching out to me even before I knew her, you know, saying anything I can do for you, let me know. Calling me her baseball daughter. And she's fantastic. And we have a great friendship to this day. And I I was aware that I was the first woman at the A's, too, and kind of the responsibility Mm -hmm. that that carries. Um, I had parents of little girls and little girls come up to me and say, wow, it's so cool what you're doing. And I just, I get chills every time. It's not lost on me. I think if 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 I, at seven years old, was able to watch a woman in that role, kind of how different things would have been. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and we've only had two previous PA announcers who were both wonderful, like I said, Roy Steele and Dick Callahan. So I got to watch them, learn from them and try to carry their legacy on, but obviously not try to walk in their shoes just try to kind yeah. of make them proud
1: right where you have different shoes yes exactly different shoes, very um, different shoes yeah i mean ultimately you had the the the, the best cheerleader in in dick when you started mm-hmm. and then you have this group of women do, do any particular um you know lines of advice stick with you just you know just little tidbits that they offered to you that like change the way you think about things
0: yeah. You know what? I think just a couple of people have said, you know, it's easy to have imposter syndrome. It's mm-hmm. easy to say I don't belong here, but anyone can say that. And, you know, a lot of people have told me that I do belong. And the people that tell me that I earned this role and that I am perfect for it are the ones that I am closest to. They're the ones that know me best. So somebody said, don't listen to strangers, you know, judging you. Why would you listen to somebody that doesn't have your best interests at heart? You know, really take the advice from the people that do care about you personally and know you. Um, And generally, people have been really kind on social media. Um, There's a few people here and there, obviously, that like to troll. It's just what they do. And that's always going to exist. There are a few people who say, oh, you're good for a woman in that role. Hmm. It's like, no, my my gender does not define me in this role. I am a PA announcer first that happens to be a woman. Um, And the same kind of applied for my entire career. I was a producer at MLB Network. And generally, ex-baseball players would come in and talk baseball with me. And it was almost guilty until proven innocent, right? Like, you have to prove to me that you know the sport a little Mm -hmm. bit more than the men do. Um, But once I showed them that I know exactly what I'm doing and I belong there, they trusted me and they were kind to me and supportive. And so it was a lot of those male allies that really helped uh, as well too. And recently, uh, a young boy, I think it was probably 10 or 11 years old came up to me at a Barracuda game. He said, Oh my God, it's so cool what you do. And it's when it's the little boys that, yeah. that kind of look up to you as a role model and they, and they don't see female or male. It's, it's really cool.
1: Right. Because that's going to change, you know, their thinking for their entire lives as well. So it's, it's really important for, for boys and girls. Yeah. Uh, you come by this glass ceiling breaking honestly i want to ask you about your grandmother gertrude um mm-hmm. who was a police officer um
0: what what was her story she was so cool i i mean i had the fortune to live with her in new york for a few years um to say she was my hero which is, is great by the way i'm sorry yeah. to interrupt but i just i i think like that is such
1: um such a valuable exchange you know mm-hmm. grandparents and grandkids living together yeah I, I'm so jealous anyway please well she was it. more
0: of you know no 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 she was more of a roommate than anything like yeah. she was I think 90 to 93 years old in the three years that I lived with her wow. and she would go out and play poker in Atlantic City and come back <laughs> at like 5 a.m on the bus and I'm like granny where were you I'm worried sick you know she's like I didn't know how to use the cell phone you know that kind of thing <laughs> um and it was just so funny it just kind of how young at heart she was, um, but also just so unaware of how cool she really was. Um, She was the highest ranking woman in the NYPD for a long period of time. She was in the class of 1940 and there were only two women in that class. And at the time it was just post-depression and people were going into civil service jobs. So she decided, you know, being a police officer was going to be a stable thing to do. And she was right and she was great at it um in the 70s she sued the city of new york for the right for women to be promoted past a certain level and and she won she and her partner um and when she retired she was a deputy chief um and i remember her saying oh they you know they had mandatory retirement at 62 i would have gone on to be you know even higher i'm like oh god you know some people enjoy just being retired but she always (laughs) wanted to work and she um, she used to receive fan mail when I, when I lived with her and she, Oh, you know, like just toss that aside. I, I was like, no, 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 this is really, really cool. This is really cool. So I, you know, I, I got to listen to her just tell stories all the time and she didn't, you know, I, she knew she was breaking glass ceilings because people were telling her, but she was just kind of living her story and mm-hmm. and didn't necessarily think, you know, Hey, I'm causing any trouble or anything like that. And I put trouble in quotes, but Um. She yeah. They issued her lipstick and with her badge, which is which is crazy. (laughs) Um. And she knew that that was wrong, and she knew that she was there to be a police officer. So
1: it was very cool. I I love the um, your your vocal rendition. Is that is that kind of how she sounded?
0: (laughs) Oh yes. Hello. How are you? (laughs) Like that's how she talks. Yeah. Um. Very New York. Very uh. You know. Just kind of. Uh. Actually, Anna Quinlan. The um. The writer, the Pulitzer Prize winning author used to uh, she interviewed her, my grandmother, and she said that uh, my grandmother had a voice that could crack rocks. And my grandmother was so proud of that. And I was like, here I am, her granddaughter doing voice work. I don't know if my voice could crack rocks, but it's really cool that 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 was said about her. How is there not a movie about her? Well, Seriously? There, you know, it's working on actually we there were a couple documentaries and there was an exhibit at the New York City Police uh, Museum. Um, and I, you know, I did record a lot of the stories that she told. So maybe one day. no. Yeah. I'm,
1: wow. OK, so what would she think of you right now? What would she think of, of what you've done? I mean, you and not only I mean, it, it's not enough. You're doing one professional sport. You're doing two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. She, she loved it's, it's funny. She would joke. She was like, Oh, you didn't become a lawyer or a mathematician or something reputable like that, <laughs> but she loved sports. So she kind of grew into the idea of, you know, m- me working in sports. My uncle worked for ESPN. My sister worked for the sharks and now the cubs. Um, she really loved sports. And so she really admired what she did. And she was, she was always beaming when she talked about her grandkids. Um, I think that um, she never got to see me do PA announcing, which I thought would have been really, really cool. She she died in 2015, hmm. um, but she did get to see me work for MLB Network for all those years and for the time that I was living with her. So she thought it was just so she was just so tickled by the fact that I was just watching sports for a living. <laughs> I had to explain to her, you know, why it's actually, you know, hard work <laughs> and not just fun. Right. Uh,
1: I love her story. Um, and you're continuing the legacy. And so let, let's get to uh, your role with the Barracuda. You joined this mm-hmm. season full time. So how did that come about?
0: Yeah, I actually um, was able to fill in for the great Danny Miller for three games while he was at the Olympics and Paralympics last year. Danny, of course, is a wonderful person with a great voice. And I grew up you know, listening to him call sharks goals. Um And while I filled in there, I was able to make some connections with the Barracuda and, and their producer there. And she's wonderful. And she connected with me and said, you know, we, we have a new arena we're opening. We're looking for, for a new PA announcer. And um, you know, would you like to audition for this? And I said, of course, absolutely. I've been a Sharks fan since, you know, since 91 and, um and obviously Barracuda as well too. And I was thrilled when they came over from Worcester and and are local. So This new arena is beautiful. Mm -hmm. The energy of the fans is incredible. Getting to watch hockey for a living. I keep pinching myself. I just, it's so fun. And getting to call the high energy CUDA goals is really cool too. Is there a difference?
1: I mean, you know, obviously the sound of, of a baseball stadium is different than the sound of a, a rink. Um, yeah. but for you, I, is there a shift in energies? anything, what's different for you?
0: Well, that's a great, that's a great question. I mean, it's, it's apples to oranges. It's I wouldn't say that one is better than the other because they're two completely different sports having a roof and being able to do the dynamic lighting and all of the kind of the entertainment stuff we do at the Barracuda. Um, Means that you can kind of be a little bit more energized Um, and there are fewer goals than there are runs. Right. So anytime a goal happens for your team, you're you're screaming it. Right. (laughs) Um, And then doing kind of starting lineups and stuff. I have good energy for both of those because I'm really excited to announce the lineups. But um, baseball is intense if you know what's going on behind the scenes but a little bit more relaxed like maybe it's a day game in the sun and people are having a beer and you know just watching the game as it unfolds Um, there are intense moments but I would say it's a little bit more concentrated intensity for for hockey so I love both Um, they're my two favorite sports and I'm lucky that I get to do both of them
1: Aside from the apples, which we both know works, um, I'm wondering if you have pregame rituals or if you warm up your voice, if you warm down your voice. I mean, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're, you know, like like a singer. Your voice is is your
0: instrument now. This is and it's your bread and butter. Yeah. So what what do you do to prepare? Well, I know you you sing, so you probably have much better rituals than I have in place. And <laughs> I've only been doing this PA thing for About three years now. So I'm still kind of getting, getting used to what works and what doesn't Um, like my first 10 game homestand with the A's, especially because it was over opening day. I went all out with the lineups. I was screaming. And then by game three, I was hoarse. I'm like, what have I done? I have, you know, six more games, this homestand. So it was honey it was um, drinking a lot of tea. It was a Costco sized bag of throat lozenges that I would like pop one each inning. Um, you know, drinking water, I think about an hour before someone told me was key and not necessarily when you need it. So like, if you, if you start in a paragraph and you're like, Oh God, I can't get the rest of this paragraph out drink, chugging a bunch of water is not going to help you in that moment in time. Mm-hmm. It's it, you have to pregame the water. Um, so I, uh, I've gotten used to kind of what that's about and I will still stubbornly eat popcorn in the middle of the game, even though it's probably not the best <laughs> that's idea. The worst, thing It's the worst possible. thing you can do. Yeah. My producer's <laughs> like, if you choke on a piece of popcorn right now, it's your own fault. I'm like, Oh yeah, it tastes good. So,
1: well, listen, you obviously <laughs> have natural talent and vocal ease if you can get away with eating popcorn and everybody's got their own thing. So there's there's no hard and fast yeah. rules. I mean, you're so young and you've got this incredible career going. It, are you just living in the moment and just, you know, waiting for this to unfold? Do you have something else in your sights?
0: This is, you know, if I was doing this for the rest of my life, I'd be perfectly happy. It'd be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's really rare that, you know, in your mid thirties, and I won't say exactly where, um, that you can kind of know that you're doing what you want to do. It's pretty rare. And I know how lucky I am. Um, You know, that being said, I really, um, I love... Being in and around baseball and hockey and sports in general and I am excited to be you know the A's and Barracuda PA announcer for as long as they'll have me and that's something that like I wouldn't trade for the world you know I think about what would I be doing right now if I were looking at a clock waiting till 5 p.m and doing paperwork and like that's not for me. It's mm-hmm. the, it's the sports life. It's it's exciting kind of being able to be a fan of the team for which you are announcing that I would never trade for the world. So yes, I am extremely lucky. I know how lucky I am. Um, and I don't take it for granted every single day. I pinch myself. I'm wondering whether Ashton Kutcher is going to come out and tell me I'm being <laughs> punked or something like that. You know, it just kind of happened. And, and you got to just say, Oh my gosh, I, this, This is just so incredibly lucky to be here, but also you worked really, really hard to get this.
1: Yes, 100%. I I just want to say, I don't believe there are any women doing this full time in the NHL. Mm -hmm. I don't think so either. Yeah. Just, Just saying just saying i would love to hear that one day and if that voice was you that would be the icing on the cake i I can't wait to uh to hit you up live and we can hang out eat snacks i can listen to you and i (laughs) I have to say i have this like secret i've never done it before um i've done lots of things i think that nothing would scare me more than being a pa announcer so i think like I, 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 I get the so nerves respect
0: I thank you I appreciate that I too still get a little bit nervous I get some butterflies from time to time sometimes I'm just in the zone and I feel great about it but it's just you know you wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes and you're like oh, god I gotta get this right and um but it's exciting nerves it's good stuff mm-hmm. it's yeah I I love it I'm having a great time
1: Well, Amelia, this was an absolute pleasure. I really do look forward to meeting you in person and um, just best of luck in everything. Not that you need it, you don't. Thank you so much. I appreciate
0: it. Thanks for having
1: me.